Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. gospel unveils the righteousness of God, not your sinfulness. You were where you were, but you know what? Bible says in Romans chapter 5, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ didn't die for Christians. He died for the whole world. Those that don't deserve it. Have you lived a very, very ugly life, a bad life? Christ died for you. You are the one salvation is for Salvation is not just for the good guys. Actually, it's mainly for the bad guys. How bad are you? <laughs> are you really so bad? Because the goodness of God can catch up with you, smack you down, and then transform you in a twinkle of an eye. Have you heard about the story of Saul that became Paul? That guy was badder than the baddest. <laughs> but you know what? When the grace of God caught up with him, the grace is always attracted towards the badness of man. If there's anything like that. So how far have you gone? How, how worse do you think you are? Because compared to the radical grace of God, you've not even gone far at all. My point is God loves you, no matter how bad you think it is. Today's Sunday. You, even if you spent your yesterday, Saturday, or your Friday night in the club and you, you're messed up, you know what? The grace of God can still radically love you mercy. In your mess, the grace of God is flowing much more in your direction. And God loves you radically. And this is what the good news is all about. That no matter how far you've gone, no matter how bad it is, you have a God who loves you radically. His love for you will never change. Your love for God can change, may change. You may get silly, but you know what? God's love for you can never, will ever change. You know why? Because of his son. He paid for all of your sins. He knows you will mess up. So he took care of it. He knew before he came to die that you will mess up. He knew that you may even choose to not accept him. He still said, yes, I still love you, whether you accept or not. And this unconditional love is always flowing in your direction. And any day, any time you're ready to say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died for my sin and you raised him up on the third day, you'll be born again in a twinkle of an eye. And if you're already born again and you're still finding it hard to really genuinely love Jesus because you don't have anybody unveiling his radical love for you. I'm preaching good news to you today to make you understand that the goodness is all about his righteousness. Not to point you to your weakness. He knows you and your weakness. That's why I gave you the Holy Spirit to be your strength in times of weakness. That's why we need more preachers to unveil Christ to you. The more you see Christ, you see yourself. You are not an alcoholic. You don't have anger issues. You don't have... Whatever, whatever they must have said you have. You're not depressed. Don't allow them to call you any other name. This is why we need people to unveil Jesus to you. Because when we begin to unveil Jesus to you, you see you in him. Because as he is, so are you in this world. First John chapter 4. Glory to Jesus. First John chapter 4 verse 17. I'm going to read a couple of versions. First John chapter 4 verse 17. Glory to Jesus. Samino Kombrahati Belekonski Lahaga. First John chapter 4, verse 17. I'm going to start with 
good news translation. It says, love is perfect in us in order that we may have courage on the judgment day and we will have it because our life in this world is the same as Christ. If you are born again and you say you are an alcoholic, let's be realistic, I'm an alcoholic. In fact, your reality is that you are not an alcoholic, you are the righteousness of God. If the Bible says as Christ is, let me give you the version, you understand what I'm talking about. Let, Let me read good, God's word translation says, God's love has reached its goal in us. So we looked, look ahead with confidence to the day of judgment. While we are in this world, we are exactly like him. Glory to Jesus. Let me read the ones, the versions we are familiar with. Let's go for... Let's go for ISV. It should be the same. ISV says, this is how love has been perfected among us. We will have confidence in the day of judgment. Because during our time in this world, we are just like him. I want to look for a version that says, As he is, so are we in this world. Holy Spirit. Okay, I found it. Let's use Young's literal translation. In this, made perfect at being the love with us, that boldness we may have in the day of judgment, because even as he is, we also are in this world. You know what all this version... <laughs> How come I came up with all of this version? <laughs> so let me just quote the one I know you should have on your end. NIV, KJV. The last part will say, because as he is, so are we in this world. If I want to quote everything offhand, it will say something like, hearing is our love made perfect. Or in this is our love made perfect. So that we can have confidence. And that version says, boldness on the day of judgment because as he is talking about Christ, so are you in this world. And I sense strongly in my heart that God wants me to remind you who you are and that your reality, your definition, your validation only comes from Christ. I want to remind you who you really are. Everything in life we want to redefine who you are. If you're in school and maybe you're not doing well in a particular course, it's very easy to start to be defining yourself and say, oh my God, I'm a failure. It's almost very easy if you're not born again to redefine yourself, to be who you are not. Every other thing in life wants to label us to be who we are not. At times you may go through pain in your body or you may feel pain in your body. The next thing is, I am sick. And you know, the power of I am, that word I am is, is, is very, very, it's a very, very, what, what's the word? We, we can't just... Say, I am, and just change your reality based on how you feel in a moment. So you need preachers to remind you who you are in Christ. That you may feel pain on your body, but you are not sick. You know why? Because your body is the temple of God. And as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Let's, let's just take it one step at a time. I don't want to jump out of myself. So the Bible says, hearing is the love of God. Or hearing is our love made perfect. There's such a thing called perfect love. I radically, by the grace of God, preach the love of God. One of the call of God over my life is just to remind people that they are loved. And I don't preach conditional love. I preach unconditional love. And what makes unconditional love unconditional is God loves you on your ugly days, when you mess up, when you fail, when you make mistakes. God loves you. And that's what makes God's love unconditional. God's love is not unconditional if you tell me God only loves me on my good days. 
If you can't tell me God loves me on my ugly days, if you can't tell me God loves me even when I mess up confidently, if you can't tell me that, then you're not preaching unconditional love. What makes the love of God unconditional is when you mess up, when you fall, He still loves you. He never stopped loving you. His love for you is not based on how good you are. The love of God is not based on how faithful you are. The love of God is based on how good God is. It's based on God's faithfulness. God doesn't love you because you are lovely. Even though you look lovely, I can't see you, but by faith. <laughs> God's love for you is because God is love. His nature is love. If anybody preaches God to you, preaches just to you, and they are not unveiling that nature of God to you, then you don't even know who God is. You may know God of creation, but to know God of redemption, you have to know that God's nature is love. Anything you can't find in Christ, you can't find in God. You know, the same God that loves you unconditionally is the God in John chapter 8. They told Jesus, they said, Jesus, this woman was caught in the act. That's how bad it can be in the really heart. Even though, by the way, it takes two to commit adultery. But we thank God. They brought just one woman to Jesus trying to make more of the woman, trying to put her to shame, trying to condemn her, trying to attack her. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, you know what, woman, I do not condemn you. Go and see no more. What? Jesus, do you know what they said she did? <laughs> Jesus, should we analyze what she just did? You mean you do not condemn her? What? And that's, that's the, I, I wish we had people preaching that kind of love. The, the woman in John chapter 4 has, has been into seven different marriages, or better say six different marriages, and Jesus knew this thing. Yet, the loving father who loves you so much, wants to spend time with you when you don't deserve it. Again, if you deserve it, you don't know what what unconditional love is. So the love of God gets perfect in your heart and we need to understand that this love we talk about when we come to worship, Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for loving me too much. We're not talking about the fact that, ah, now you're in church on a Sunday morning, so you know God loves you. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to talk about times when you really mess up. Have you? I knew people have messed up before. I've, I've messed up before. I've messed up a couple of times. I've made mistakes in life. I wish I had preachers who can be honest like that. And I've made mistakes. God never stopped loving me. And that's what makes me appreciate this love. Because it's not a love that is based on, well, you do good, you get good. You do bad, you make mistakes, then <laughs> that's not the love of God. The love of God is a love that just makes you understand you are forever in my heart and I will never leave nor forsake you. And that, that is how we grow. That is how we, we respond back to that love. Because we know he loves us radically so we know that no matter what happens in our lives, we want to remain with him. We want to get conscious of the fact. In fact, the Bible literally says the love of God constrains us. And this is what makes us remain in his conscious presence, we want to love on him the more. We want to do so many things for him because we know he loves us first. The Bible says we love him because he loves us first. So the unconditional love of God has to be taught. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, now those three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of them is the love of God. And so the Bible says, hearing is our love made perfect. So you can hear the love of God to a point whereby we can say, now you understand the love of God. There is a kind of sense of completeness you can understand until you get to that point whereby your love is perfect and we will show you what it means when the Bible says, yes, our love made complete, made perfect. You can get to a point whereby you have a preacher preaching the love of God to a point 
whereby you can say, now my, the love of God in my heart is perfect. So the Bible says, hearing is the love of God made complete. First John 4, 17. So here is, here is the love made perfect, that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. The moment you hear judgment today, and you are scared, then you've been wrongly taught. You are listening to a wrong preacher. The preacher is not unveiling the righteousness of God. The preacher is not unveiling the nature of God. This preacher must have been pointing you to your sinfulness. And then one time you hear judgment today, you are scared. Because if you are sin conscious, then you'll be judgment. You'll be scared of judgment. If you are focused on Jesus as your righteousness, when you hear judgment today, you won't be scared. Because you know the judge on the judgment day is your righteousness. Glory to God. And over the years, over the months, I've preached that the judgment day is not to scare the believer. Anytime you hear judgment today and you are scared, you have, you've been wrongly taught. The believer, for the believer, you need to be rightly taught that the judgment day is not a day for you to be judged. I, I preached about this when I was preaching on the book of Revelation. You need to catch up with the teaching. And I have a teaching online. The title is The Great White Throne Judgment. If you type The Great White Throne by Akinimika on Google, it will give you the message link. You can download it for free. The Great White Throne by Akim. If you Google it to give you the message. The judgment of the believers is in the past. Excuse me. We were judged on the body of Jesus. On the cross of Calvary. When you think about the cross, when you look at the cross, that's where our judgment is. We believe Jesus took all our sins. We died with him and then God raised him on the third day. We rose with him and our judgment is in the past. God will no longer judge the believer. In, let me show you please, Revelation chapter 20, which talks about judgment day that people always get scared about. is because you don't read your Bible in black and white. The judgment day, the Bible is talking about in the book of Revelation chapter 20, is not judgment day for the believer. It is judgment day for the unbeliever. The believer has been judged already in Christ. The day, there will be a day of reward for the believer, but it's not to determine what, where you are going. No, the believer will receive Jesus, you receive heaven. You are seated in Christ in the heavenly places. It is not, Lord, please, I don't want to miss heaven. You can never miss heaven if you are born again. No believer will miss rapture. Jesus comes now, he's come, he's going, we are all going with him. If he appears in the sky right now, everybody right now, I'm preaching, you're listening, if you're born again, we'll see, that, we'll see ourselves on our way up in the sky. We'll say, oh my God, you made it! Congratulations, nice to see you! Okay, may not hear that I use my falsetto voice. Nice to see you. Congratulations. And you see, there's nothing more beautiful than getting born again. So the believer has been judged on the body of Jesus, on the cross of Calvary. The unbeliever, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 and 12. Let's see the judgment of the unbeliever. The unbeliever will experience the great throne judgment, great white throne judgment. The believer has been judged already on the body of Jesus. What we will anticipate is what we call a Bema seat in cold judgment it is not the judgment of where you're going where it's a judgment of rewards rewards based on how we're able to use or are we able to um, serve in court serve god here on earth will be rewarded for our good works and that's the the the, the believer what, what we'll experience for the unbeliever they will experience what we call great white Throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. The Bible says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it. This is Revelation chapter 20. I explained this when I was teaching on the book of Revelation. We had a series on the book of Revelation. 
we explored all the chapters of the book of Revelation. You should, you should listen to that message if you missed it. it it's online. Uh, wherever you're collecting from, you can find it online. Before I take it down. <laughs> okay. And verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the heart and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small, great stand before God. Listen, everybody. And books were opened. Listen. And another book was opened. Which is the book of life? And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. Stop. Revelation chapter 20. Go to verse 15. Listen. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. On the great white throne judgment day, anybody whose name is not found in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire. If you're born again, I have good news for you. Your name is written in capital letter, bold italics, underlined in the book of life. Glory to Jesus. Your name can never be taken away from the book of life. It's not a prayer point. For you to think you have to pray a prayer point, God, don't take my name away. Again, you are sin conscious. You have unbelief. You don't believe in the finished work of Christ. I strongly believe in the finished works of Christ. I strongly believe Jesus says, you serve believe shall not perish. I believe Jesus and his word. Just look unto him. Rest in him. You don't have... That's what most of the time the enemy wants you to be Again, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what we're talking about. 1 John 4 17. Your love is not complete until you have confidence, until you have boldness. Anytime you hear the day of judgment, 1 John 4 17. It says, Herein is our love made perfect. So, for you to really know whether God loves you, you know about the love of God, unconditional love of God. Then, when you hear judgment today, if you're scared that your love is not perfect yet, you still need to hear more about the love of God, hear more teachings. Go online, go and listen to our content. It's centered around the love of God to remind you. We are not talking about your love for God. The gospel is not to point you again back to your love for God. It is to unveil God's love for you. It is not your love for God. It is God's love for you. None of us can boast about our love for God. But you know what? I can radically boast about God's love for me because it is unconditional. Glory to Jesus. So this great white throne judgment is for the unbeliever. Because their names are not written in the book of life. You and I born again. Our name is forever written. It can never be taken away. It's not a prayer point. So this is what I'm talking about. If, if I get the day of judgment, I'm always glad because I'm born again. I'm at rest. The day of judgment should be scaring the unbeliever, not the believer. If again you hear day of judgment and you are scared. If you hear that Jesus is coming back and you are scared as a believer, you've been wrongly thought. And the love of God has not been made perfect in your heart. So you need to allow the love of God to find expression that God's love for you is unconditional. It's forever. It's eternal. And when you receive that love into your heart, it makes you rest. It makes you have peace with God. You can't be born again and you're still scared of God. Again, you've been wrongly taught if you have. This is why you need to feed on the right gospel that points you to what Christ has done. Any gospel that is pointing to the things you are doing, making you self-conscious, is not helping you. Because no matter how self-conscious you are, you feel as if you're not doing enough when you do. And then when you don't do anything, the devil attacks you. You see, you call yourself a believer you're not doing. And then he puts you on that performance mentality whereby you're more conscious of what you do. Don't focus on you. Focus on Christ. You know, most of the time I don't even focus on the number of things I do for God. I don't have time. I just want to remind myself what Christ has done for me. And the more I focus on what Christ has done for me, I can't help it. I just want to spend time with God. 
I just want to come here almost every day to come and preach the good news of Christ. Almost every day. Think about it. If I start getting introspective about what I do for God, it will lead to pride. <laughs> but I don't, I don't even care about what I do for God. I'm not even conscious. I'm not even introspective about it. And the less I get introspective about what I do for God, and I focus more on what he has already done for me through Christ, I just realize I'm sold out for him. I can't help it. I just can't help it. And that's how this thing works. Don't focus on yourself. Remain focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, herein is our Lord, love made perfect. If you want to know whether your love is perfect, perfect love, because first James chapter 4, verse 18 actually says, there is no fear in love. Well, you want to know whether you really know God loves you. Ah, you can't understand. If I say God loves you, well, we know. For you to tell me, you know that you must tell me that I'm not scared of God. First John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love. If you hear God loves you and you hear the judgment, you are scared again. Anytime you, are, you hear anything about God and you are scared, then you see your love is not perfect. You need to hear more about the love of God. It will cast out every fear in your heart. Are you afraid of coronavirus? Are you afraid of the future? Are you scared of losing your job? Are you scared of losing your spouse? Are you scared? Anytime you have any form of fear in your heart, then it's, you, you need to feed again more on the love of God. Because when you feed on the love of God, it will melt away every fear. You make you understand, God is in control. God loves me so much. He's taking care of my life. He's walking behind the scene. God loves me so much. I will not stress. I will not worry myself. I will just praise him. Things may not go the way I want it. But you know what? God loves me. And I know he's a good, good father. I know he knows what I'm going to. I know nothing can catch him by surprise. I know things may catch me by surprise. But nothing can catch my father by surprise. He's walking behind the scene. He loves me. He does the night shift because of me. I'm the apple of his eyes. The thought that fills his heart. Every morning, noon, and night. So I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to rest. I'm not going to focus on my weakness. I will, I will rest in the Holy Spirit. And I know he loves me radically. And he's going to lead me in the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. So as Jesus is, so the Bible says, so are we this way. So again, let's take a moment about the time. Herein is our love made perfect. So we are talking about perfect love. Your love is perfect in Christ, or better still, your, your, on, the moment you understand that your love, or better still, God's love for you is perfect, unconditional, then we can say your love is perfect. Because when you understand that, it gives you boldness, confidence about the day of judgment. You are not scared. You don't have insecurity. No believer should be scared of judgment day. No believer should be scared of the second coming of Christ. If you're scared, you need to be born again. <laughs> because there's no fear in love. Perfect love. First John 14. Cast out every fear. Glory to God. So the Bible says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now you, you have to pay close attention here. As he is, so are we in this world. Wherever you are, just say these words. As Jesus is, so am I right now in this world. Listen. Let's say it again. We are talking about present, present tense. As Jesus is right now, where he is, seated at the right hand of the Father, so am I in this world. Can you just declare it? As Jesus is, so am I in this world. Listen, I'm not defined by my situation. I'm not defined by my circumstance. I am defined from the lens of Christ. If Jesus is not sick, I can never be sick. If Jesus is not an alcoholic, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have addiction problem because Jesus doesn't have addiction problem. 
And what I'm saying right now will really empower you because before you say something like, I am, I am, before you use that word, I am, the next thing you want to say has to be utterly with who Jesus is. If you tell me, you know, over the years, if you, if you know me very well, I know a lot of people know this about me. When you say, I am shy around me, I make you feel uncomfortable because I challenge you straight away. I say, who told you that you are shy? And you don't understand. That's how I feel. Who told you you are defined by your feelings? Except you are not born again. If you tell me you are shy, I'll, I'll challenge you straight away. I've told so many people, I've asked many people, they don't say it again. <laughs> they don't say, I, I, I have, I have boldness. Because you can't tell me as Jesus is, so are you, and you are telling me you are shy. You are negating what you just professed. You just told me right now that you are as Jesus. Then you should start seeing yourself from his lens. Imagine if I want to preach right now and I say, and I'm telling maybe my wife behind this, I'm shy, I'm shy. Listen, I'm not saying you may not feel. And this is what I'm trying to make you understand. You may feel in the moment, but you are not defeeling. People need to understand this thing. You may feel, listen, fear, but it doesn't make you a slave or subject to fear. This is why you need to understand, as a believer, we live a life of faith. So when you feel shy, I'm not denying that you feel in the moment. What should you do? Should you identify with shyness and say you are shy? Or should you identify with who you are in Christ? And say the righteous will be as bold as a lion. God has not given the spirit of timidity, the spirit of shyness, but he has given the spirit of power, boldness, and of sound mind. We live a life of faith when we begin to remind ourselves who we are in Christ when things are trying to redefine what we are. So you may feel shy, but you are not shy. You know what? The righteous is as bold as a lion. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1. As Jesus is, so are you. If you tell me you are shy, you just negated what you just declared. This will really help you. Really help you. This is not motivation. This is the scripture. You ask Jesus. For you to say, oh, I'm shy, you. Then you are saying Jesus is shy, you. Really, literally, that's what you're saying. Except you don't believe you are as Jesus. You can, you can, then you can say you are as shy as you think, feel you are. So you may feel a particular way, the believer, he doesn't change your identity, he doesn't change who you are. You are still as Jesus is in this world. You may feel a pain in your body, it doesn't make you sick. Don't start saying, I'm sick, you know, you've been sick for the past 10 years. What? Carry your Bible before John 4 17. As Jesus is in his health, so am I. Jesus can never be sick. I can never be sick. Jesus is completely healthy right now. Jesus can never have coronavirus. So I don't care what doctor's report says. I am as Jesus in this world. In his health, in his mind, I have a good mental health. I don't have a distorted mental health. I'm not depressed. And you begin to confess the word of God. This is what Christianity is all about. Christ is your standard. The moment you don't see yourself from the lens of Christ, you begin to see yourself from what somebody said, what they said, how you feel. And you have what they call identity crisis. Your real identity is only found in Christ. This is why, again, you need to listen to preachers that are unveiling the pure nature of Christ. You, you just have to. And I'm telling you, as Jesus is in his health, so are you. But you can't feel pain in my back, then speak to the pain. Do you know who you are? How oh, Jesus? You Holy Spirit, this is awesome. You know, I, I'm not really sure you, you really studied the life of Jesus while he was on earth, but every time Jesus 
was faced with talent, he just he does speak to the situation once and for all. If you ask Jesus in this world, this will really help you. This is not a matter of what would Jesus do. I'm not trying to. That's what I'm. I'm trying to make you understand. The Bible is talking about as he is right now. You know, we have the Jesus who walked on earth. And then when God raised him from the dead, it's almost as if, in fact, you, you know the story in John chapter 20, 21, or better still, it's almost as if he had more, almost as if he had, he manifested more in the godly form. When he was on earth, he was fully God, fully man, and then he manifested, walked more with us as a man, even though he's fully God. But you know, when he resurrected, he, he, he did more things. It's almost as, I mean, Jesus can never be saved. Even before he, he died and resurrected for us. How much more now as he is? Night now, sit at the right hand of the Father. And this is what I try to push most of the time. If you are born again, listen, you are not trying to be favored. You are not trying to get the mercy of God. You have the mercy. You have the favor of God. Believers, most of the time, pray so many funny prayer points. We beg God for what God has already given us in Christ. And the moment you don't see it in Christ, you keep begging God again. God, do this. He has done it. As Jesus is why in this world, is Jesus favored by God? Yes, then you are favored by God. It's not a prayer point. It's a consciousness you have to walk in. Is Jesus blessed? Yes, then you are the blessed of God. Is Jesus loved by God? Yes, then you are the beloved of God. Let's take this step further. So you have to understand that your identity, your nature is in Christ. You are as in his you are not as what the doctor said. You are not as how you feel in the moment. You are as Jesus is in this world. So let, let's, let's take it from this angle. Who is, who is Jesus? If the Bible says, I am as he is, it is important you know who he is. It's better you know who he is, where he is. If the Bible says, I am as Jesus in this world, I want to study, okay, then who is Jesus? Again, I read Romans chapter 1 the other time. God says, I'm not a ship of the gospel of Christ. It's part of salvation. For then the righteousness of God is revealed. Jesus, for a start, is the righteousness of God. Jesus is the righteousness of God. Should I tell you something? I, I've preached this over, over and I want to preach it over and I want to remind people every single time. This is what the good news is. You are not trying to be righteous if you're born again. You are not trying to be righteous. Over the years, again, if anybody tells you, be righteous, be holy, again, they are still telling you to try your best. They are putting effort, they are putting the focus again on your actions, telling you, be holy, be righteous. That means you are not yet. Do more to get to that state. That is not the good news. That is not the gospel. The gospel is, since you believe in Jesus, you are righteous. You are holy. You are not trying to be holy. Let me tell you something. How you can know the way God is? One will be telling you to try your best to become. Another one will tell you you already are. The one that tells you you already are is the true gospel. The believer is not trying to be righteous. It's not a prayer point. You are not trying to be holy. <laughs> For you to have the Holy Spirit and you think you are just trying to be holy again, then I'm amazed. Let me put it this way for you. From the moment you got born again. You know the reason why it's almost as if the believers don't understand what I'm talking about. Most or better still, a few believers doesn't understand. And every believer that is holy, already righteous, doesn't know he's righteous, doesn't know he's holy, is not begging God to be holy, begging God to be righteous. Thinking, God, I'm not there yet. 
take me there. I want to get there. And as long as you don't know you're already there, as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. It's those that see the more you strive to get to that point on your head that doesn't exist, you can't get it because that point doesn't exist. What you think, ah, oh, God, may please, they, uh, I want to be holy, I want to be righteous. You won't get there because you already are holy. This is why you have to see yourself from the lens of Christ. As Christ is, who are you? Is Christ holy? Then you are holy. Is Christ righteous? Then you are righteous in this world. Let me show you 1 Corinthians 1.30. This verse, I want you to make it your scripture verse. Since the day I realized this verse, it has blessed me every time. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. Please, make this verse your, your, your memory verse. It will bless you so much. You are not trying to be righteous. Because if we say, as Jesus is are we in this world, and you say, Lord, please, I want to be righteous, then again, you are negating the fact that you are as Jesus in this world. Jesus is holy. Jesus is not trying to be holy. Then I am holy. There's a song God Spirit gave me recently about what I'm teaching about right now. Since he is holy, I am holy in this world. Since he is righteous, I am righteous in this world. Glory to Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 says, It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Can you see this in your Bible? Let me show you another version. Let me show you NLT. NLT says, God has united you with Christ. For our benefit, God made him. Tenses of the Bible. God made Jesus. Listen, God is, it is not God will make him. No, it is not keep trying your best, you become, no. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. It is not he will make you right with God. No, Christ made you right with God. He made us pure and holy. Christ made you pure and holy. You are not supposed to be saying, Lord, you are holy. Christ has made you holy. If you don't know he has made you holy, you still keep chasing after what he has already done for you. And he has freed us from sin. KJB says, or King James Bible says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Christ has been made unto you righteousness. It's not a future thing. It's what happened over 2,000 years ago. How, you know, I, I love this if I just wake up and say, Father, I thank you because I know I'm righteous. I know I'm holy. I know I'm as Jesus in this world. It gives you confidence. You see somebody with sick around you, you can pray for the sick. Say, bro, oh, you're experiencing this pain. I'm going to pray for you right now and you'll be healed. You know why? Because as Jesus is for me in this world. You are praying from a righteous man mentality. Because you know God loves to answer the prayer of the righteous man. The Bible says the effectual and the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much in the ears of God. So you know you can pray for the sick without any doubt in your heart. Your prayers will be answered. Until you are righteous conscious, you will find so many reasons to be sin conscious. And if you are sin conscious again, it, you always feel as if you, you don't dis. You are not supposed to get anything good from God. If you are righteous conscious, you will know that all the blessings, the goodness, the favor of God is hunting you down. Glory to Jesus. It gives you confidence. That's what differentiates believers. If you are sin conscious, but always come to the presence of God without boldness, without confidence, with insecurity. The believer who is righteousness conscious comes with boldness, full assurance of faith because he knows he's coming to see his father. Not just a God, but his father. So you are righteous. You know, if I call you a saint, 
And the next thing you are thinking again is your action. You've not been rightly taught. I say, hey, bro, or hey, saint. Hello, saint. Thank you for joining us today. And you're like, oh, I'm a saint. If you doubt it in your heart, the next thing you want to focus on is your action again. Then you are still self-conscious. Self-consciousness leads to self-righteousness. Put down your righteousness. Put on his righteousness, which is a gift. So you got born again, Jesus came into your life, or you received Jesus into your heart, you receive righteousness. You receive Jesus into your life, you receive his holiness. So you have been set apart. So you are holy. And until you understand you are already holy in Christ, you can't start acting it. Our actions, our fruit, should be byproduct of our nature, of our consciousness. If you know you are the righteousness of God, it becomes easy to live right. It becomes what they call the fruit of the Spirit. If you already know you are holy, then you begin to see more fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace manifest. You will just understand this thing. It's not a point to get to. Because again, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Jesus is holy, I am holy. Can you just declare it? Since Jesus is righteous, I am the righteousness of God. Since Jesus is healthy, spirit, soul, and body, I am healthy, spirit, soul, and body. Since Jesus doesn't have anger issues, I don't have anger issues. I am the blessed of God. Glory to Jesus. Okay, let's start wrapping it up. So Christ has made unto you righteousness, holiness. So where is Jesus right now? If that says as he is, so am I in this world? Let's, let's explore where is he? I'll quickly be fast about this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20. I'll just be very fast about this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 and 20 says, And it's comparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as mighty strength. Verse 20 actually is my emphasis. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but that is to come. So Christ right now is at the right hand of the Father, seated. That's what the scripture says. Seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Far above principalities and power. If the Bible says that Jesus is who are in this world, guess what? That means you are seated far above principalities and power. Far above village people. No village people can touch you. You are in Zion, the city of the living God. Stop praying village people prayer points. Stop praying Father Lord anywhere they are gathered. Nobody have your time. They are not gathered anywhere for you. You are no longer in that kingdom. You've been translated. Stop saying, Father, Lord, deliver me. No, no, no. You've been delivered. That's why you got born again. If you need deliverance, get born again. Born again experiences you are delivered from the kingdom of darkness, from everything called darkness. You are now being brought into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. You are now in the light. You have nothing to do with darkness anymore. You are, again, you are not trying to get out. You are not trying to be, de- you have been delivered. The believer should know you've been set free. Listen, if the son sets you free, do you believe the scripture? You are free indeed. So you, you do, are not entangled with any village people anymore. They don't exist. Don't allow the devil to give you what you call illusion. Don't let, let him play mind games with you. Bring out thought obed- to the obedience of Christ. When you start seeing any other imagination, any other thought that is exalting itself above the knowledge of the word of God, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, bring them to the obedience of Christ. Glory to God. Alright. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So you are seated. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 reminds us that God made us sit in him at the right hand of the Father. God made us seated in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, 6-7. And 
How much do we, do we have? Five more minutes. So if you believe what I'm saying, that, well, so Jesus is, who is he? He is the righteousness of God. Are you born again? Yes, so you are the righteousness of God. Is Jesus holy? Yes, so you are holy. Is Jesus blameless? Yes, so you are blameless. And every time you talk like this, after this session now, you know what the enemy wants to do to tempt you? He wants to point you again to your actions. Are you really holy? Are you really, really righteous? And then he points you to your weakness. He points you to the things you are not doing enough or the things you didn't do right. He wants to point you to, he wants to make you self-conscious. But you know the Holy Spirit on your inside will always point you to Christ. Your flesh may want to point you to self. Oh, oh my God, you're not doing, oh my God, you got, you, you, you got to church late. Oh, you, 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 it will always point you to one thing you didn't do right. But the Holy Spirit in you will bear witness of Christ. It will always point you to Christ. So when the enemy wants to tempt you, point you to yourself, say, no, 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 no. My righteousness is not predicated on what I do, what I did not do, or what I've not done enough. It's predicated on Christ in me. It's in nature. It's in the nature of <laughs> humans to talk. So it's your nature. So even if you don't talk, you're still human. So don't allow the enemy to point you again to your actions. Let the Holy Spirit keep pointing you to Jesus' finished actions on the cross. Listen, no matter what may happen to you, I always tell people this, every other thing can change. You can tell me, oh, I can't make a... Uh, blue is no longer blue. You can, I may argue that with you. You may win the argument. But you know some things you can never change about what I believe about Christ and my salvation in Him. First of all, I know you, there is no way on heart you can change the fact that I am forever righteous. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. I don't care what's going on in my life. I am forever the righteousness of God. Things like that, I don't, I don't, I don't joke with it. I don't even, no matter what you say, I don't care. I believe God's word for what He says. And this is how I have so much peace with God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, therefore being justified by faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you put your faith in what Christ has done, you'll have peace, you'll rest. If you put your faith in what you are doing, you can't have peace because your faithfulness fluctuates, your goodness fluctuates. But if you put your confidence in Christ, if you put your faithfulness in what Christ has done, then you can rest. Because you know, if he is the one keeping your salvation, if he is the one taking care of you, you can rest. If it is based on your faithfulness, you can, can worry. If it's based on his faithfulness, you can rest. So I want to remain focused on him. I want to just rest in his faithfulness. I want to rest in his righteousness. If it's to focus on my righteousness, my righteousness will fluctuate. But you know what? I have received the gift of righteousness. And because it's a gift, God gave me when I didn't deserve it. It's a gift. If I didn't do anything to earn it, I can't do anything to unearn the gift. It's the same thing about the love of God. You didn't do anything to earn the love of God. So God can't stop loving you. You can't unhand it. You are ready. You see, you get born again, you are stuck with the love of God for life. David said, where shall I go from your presence? Where shall I go from your spirit? The moment you get born again like this, smack down. The righteousness of God smack you down. The goodness of God hunts you down. The holiness of God becomes your nature. Because as Jesus is, so are you now in this world. Let's wrap it up on, the, on this note. So the question, listen, this is very important. The question is no longer, am I good enough? The question is no longer, am I really worthy to call on the name of the Lord? This will really bless you. The question is, is Jesus worthy? The question is, is Jesus good enough? And if your answer is yes, you know what? 
you are good enough. If Jesus is worthy, you are worthy. Um, in 2019, myself and some couple of people were praying in True Spirituality Canada. And we were having a physical meeting. And then we were singing this song. Um, Holy Spirit, what's, what's this song? Elohim Adonai. Elohim. Then we were singing. Uh, he seated on the throne. Holy Spirit. What's the punchline of this song? Yeah. Yeah. We hail the lion. We hail the lamb. Okay. We hail the lion. We seated on the throne. So we hail the lion. We hail the lamb. And then we hail the father. We seated on the throne. Now, while we're singing that song, I was the one singing the song, playing the piano. And then Holy Spirit laid it in my heart while we were singing the song to say, because he is seated on the throne, I'm seated on the throne. That was the first time ever it would come to my heart. So I sang, he's seated on the throne, so I'm seated on the throne. And then when we sang that part of the song, he just radically blessed my heart. Now, it, you know, it, <laughs> you have to be humble. Listen. To agree that you are as Jesus in this world. It takes a great humility to say, you know what? I'm exactly as Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. When after all I was saying that, I was like, okay, so you sit on the truth, I'm seated on the throne. <laughs> wow. So I'm exactly as he is. Wow. And it's not it is not pride. In fact, the Bible says it. God made us sit with him, seated in him. Let me tell you something. Everything Jesus has access to, you have access to. This is how we can live our sons. So it's not the function of, ah, am I worthy enough? Again, you are still self-conscious if your consciousness is still I. How about if he has, is Jesus worthy? If the answer is yes, you are worthy. Most of we say, Father Lord, we know we are not worthy to. As Jesus sees, so am I in this world. Is Jesus worthy? Yes. So Father, I thank you because because of Jesus, I am worthy. So I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to ask for this. I'm going to pray for this and... That should be your consciousness. Is he good enough? If your answer is yes, Father, I thank you because I may not. Well, you know what? Jesus is good enough. I'm good enough. I'm going to come to your presence. Call you my Father. So the question is not, am I really accepted? The question should be, is he accepted? Because your definition is no longer, again, from your consciousness. From, you are no longer your mirror. Christ is your mirror. Look at him. Christ, hey Christ, are you accepted in the sight of God? The answer is yes. And you understand this is left in your day-to-day activity. You have an interview, you have any job, opportunity, or anything, and you're going for the interview. It is not, Lord, please, uh, Lord, please let them favor me. You, you, you don't still know who you are. Ask yourself, is Jesus favored by God? Yes. So I'm favored by God. Go in that consciousness. You are not trying to be. The enemy always wants to feel as if try your best to become. Let me say this one last time. The tactics of the enemy has not changed. Once you understand this thing, you understand it once and for all. It is just to make you forget who you are in Christ. The enemy will try and throw things at you to want you to forget who you are in Christ. As long as you have your shield of faith, faith comes by hearing by the word of God, to remind yourself, this is who I am, no matter what happens. In the beginning, the enemy tempted Eve. He said, the day you hit of the tree, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God. Most of the time, when the enemy wants to tempt us, make us say, you are not righteous yet, you are not holy yet, you are not as Jesus yet, until you do, do, do this and do this. You don't have to do anything. 
Doing doesn't please God. It is faith that pleases God. Don't get into performance. Everything I'm saying this morning, they are all gifts from God to you. You ask Jesus in this world. Just remember this truth. You are not trying to be like Jesus. You know, sometimes they say, Lord, I want to be like you. I, I composed this song sometimes ago. And we sent this video to make me understand. In fact, I, I don't want to sing that song again. I'm trying to say I'm, I can twist the leaks of the song. We are not trying to be like Jesus. We are as Jesus in this world. It, it makes all the difference. It's not, Lord, I want to be like you. I don't want to be like Jesus. No, no, no. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. Get to know the Jesus in the Bible. Get to know about, more about Christ. And then begin to know more about you. The reason why people have identity crisis, why it's almost as if a believer at times, it's almost as if he's not acting as a believer, is because he doesn't even know who Christ, or who he is in Christ. He's still getting tossed here and there based on who he is in, in, in this world. Get to know who, who Christ is. You know that as Christ is, Christ is your focus, so are you in this world. So one last time, Never focus on, am I good enough? Do I deserve it? No, no, no. It should be, does Jesus deserve it? Does Christ deserve it? Is Christ good enough? And if your answer is yes, then you are good enough. If your answer is yes, then you can come boldly to general grace. So don't focus on self. Focus on Christ. Father, we thank you because you're such a good one. Thank you for reminding us that we are not defined by whatsoever the world is trying to push to us, but we are defined by who we are in Christ. We are your righteousness. We are your holiness. We are the Holy One of God. We are not trying to become. We are because we have Christ in us. Glory to Jesus. So we are going to live in the consciousness of who we are in Christ. Since Christ is forever accepted, we are forever accepted. Since Christ is worthy, we are forever worthy. And this will make us always come boldly to the throne of grace. We know, Lord, we will come as sons with full assurance of faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you all of the praise. We know our week is blessed, our day is blessed, because we are the blessed of God. Thank you, Father. Anybody who is having any, experiencing any pain in their body right now, I command the healing power of God to rest upon you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus you've been made healed. So I put an end to that sickness in your life. Jesus took it on his body. And that's good news for you. So walk in dominion in the area of your health. Because as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Even in his health. If Jesus can never be sick, no sickness will survive in your body. Thank you Holy Spirit. In Jesus' beautiful name. And we prayed. And let God's people say, Amen. Thank you so much for connecting. Thank you so much for joining us. Any part of the world you're joining us from. And you can catch up with all of our past um, teachings online for free. Depending on how you join, click on the link in our bell. You can access all our teachings. We have over 500 teachings centered around the love of God. Reminding you who you are in Christ. How forgiving you are. To remind you, you are not forgiven little. <laughs> You are totally forgiven in Christ. So you can come boldly anytime to the throne of God. Glory to Jesus. Alright, and of course, if you want to be a part of what God is doing with us, through us, you can send us an email, send us a DM to support or to partner with us and definitely want to spread this gospel to every part of the world. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much everybody. Have a lovely week. God bless you. Amen. 
the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need and what I'm doing right now begin to speak to you in Psalms because Ephesians chapter 5 says speaking to one another in, in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making melody to God in your heart and I just want you to know just like God says in Psalm 23 that he is your shepherd and he's always with you even when you don't feel it so you have all that you need you may not see it because your sight is limited but if you focus on this world you realize you have all that you need long before you were born his supply is far greater than whatever you ever need on earth if he could give you jesus he will give you every other thing you would ever need long before you get to that season he has made provisions available for you and he wants you to know this don't focus on your bank account to define who you are if he could give you jesus he will give you everything god giving us jesus is the proof that he has done for you much more than he will ever do for you he has given you much more than you ever need so just focus on him because you have all that you need and he has made you to lie down in greener pastures in green pastures and when he wants you to lie down he wants you to rest and not stress because he's always working most times you don't feel it so you get worried you get anxious but he says in his word that he has made you to lie down and if he has made you to lie down then rest stop trying to figure out things on your own just allow god to do the things he's doing in your life and he leads you beside the still water where everything is cool calm and collected he restores your soul if your heart is troubled before you came here the lord has restored your soul in the mighty name of jesus oh glory to god and though you walk through the valley of shadow of death you don't have to be afraid because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world glory to god oh and surely god's goodness god's favor god's unfailing love is what is running after you village people are not chasing you <laughs> it's the goodness of god that is hunting you down it is pursuing you all the days of your life and you rest in the house of the lord forever and ever in jesus name amen If you have been blessed by this message, we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of God's love to all nations. Send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, True Spirituality Network on both Facebook and Instagram, T-Spirituality on Telegram, and Akimika on YouTube. So cash up with all our podcasts, search for Akimika on all major platforms, including Spotify, audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus